0: Welcome to the Landmark Apostolic Churches Podcast. We get to the place sometimes where from here to there seems impossible. But hear me today, these things that I'm talking about, they are no match for the God that you and I are living for, because He's the God of the impossible. I don't know what you walked in here with today, but I want to remind you that my God is still able to do exceeding abundantly. Above all that we might ask or thank, would you clap your hands? On- You know, you and I would do ourselves a great service if when we face our obstacles and when we face our times of crisis and when we face our personal Jordans when we need direction, if we would learn to be sensitive to the moving of the Spirit. What would happen if we sought the face of God rather than our Facebook friends? What would happen if we leaned into God and said, God, I need a word. I need your help in this. God, I need you to speak something here. What would happen? It happened. Go with me to the book of Joshua, chapter 3. Amen. I echo Brother Rice this morning. We are thankful for the baptism of Sister Debbie this morning. It was a beautiful baptism. She just kind of hung out right there in the water and was waiting and seeking after the Holy Ghost. She's going to be filled very, very soon. Very, very soon. In fact, all those that are seeking, Blaine is praying back there right now. I believe God can feel him right, right this second. I believe it. I believe it amen 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 joshua chapter 3 begin reading at verse number 10 says and joshua said hereby ye shall know that the living god is among you and that he with will without fail drive out from before you the canaanites and the hittites and the hivites and the perizzites And all the ites that you can think of are right there in verse 10. And then verse 11 says, Behold, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth passeth over before you into Jordan. Now therefore take you twelve men out of the tribes of Israel, out of every tribe of man. And it shall come to pass, as soon as the soles of the feet of the priests that bear the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, shall rest in the waters of Jordan, that the waters of Jordan shall be cut off from the waters that come down from above, and they shall stand upon and heap. And it came to pass when the people removed from their tents to pass over Jordan and the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant before the people, and as they that bear the Ark were come unto Jordan, and the feet of the priests that bear the Ark were dipped in the brim of the water, Jordan overfloweth all his banks all the time of harvest. Verse 16 says that the waters which came down from above stood and rose up upon a heap very far from the city Adam that is beside Zarazan. And those that came down toward the sea of the plain, even the salt sea failed and were cut off and the people passed over right against Jericho. And the priests that bear the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the midst of Jordan. And all the Israelites passed over on dry ground until all the people were passed clean over Jordan. Amen. I want to talk to us just for the next little bit on the very simple title, One Step. One Step. Amen. And if you will help me, I will get you to Dairy Queen as soon as I possibly can. You may be seated. Thank you so much. Amen. So, I have this water fountain I've been trying to sell for. <laughs> I was saving that for this 11 a.m. service. <laughs> Amen. Um, we're going to talk a little bit this morning about, uh, obstacles. And, uh, anybody ever, I was, I'll tell the story here in just a moment, but do you ever feel sometimes like, uh, especially this year 2020 has been a year unlike any other and i don't need to get up here and try to convince you of that you all are just nodding your head in pure frustration right now as i look upon your face you know that yes this is a year and it, what's scary to me is when i hear people that have been on this earth for quite a long time isn't that a nice way to say that they're elderly <laughs> you know, that have been around for some time to say, man, we are going through some things that I have never seen before. That is not encouraging to me. It's always encouraging whenever, you know, you, you get somebody in the boat with you say, Oh, I know how this is going to be. But everybody's like, I have no idea how this is going to be. I have no idea how this is going to turn out. That's, that's kind of the year this, this year, in particular, has felt like a giant obstacle course. Like we have gone from one thing to another, right? We we are still in the middle of a pandemic and we've got the virus still. We had the murder hornets and we had, uh, I don't want to just focus totally on the negative this morning, but you get what I'm saying is that we sometimes life is like that, and especially this year, that it's one giant obstacle course. Uh, a few years ago, I had the opportunity to go and compete uh, in, the, uh, in a competition over in Missouri. Brother Hogan, uh, Brother Hogan invited me. Uh, he had gone before, but it was a Tough Mudder event. Anybody, has anybody ever done a Tough Mudder? Sweet. I'm the only one that I just feel so important right now. <laughs> yeah, let me tell you how I conquered this, no, I didn't. It was actually quite comical, you know, because I had Brother Hogan, I remember leading up to the event, he would shoot me little videos of what to expect. And if you don't know what it is, it's basically a 10 and a half mile run or walk or crawl. Whatever you know, 10 and a half miles filled with 20 some odd obstacles that you had to try and get through. And you're thinking, with a guy with a haircut like that, there ain't no way he's doing something like that. Hey, take it easy on me this morning, all right? I'm not from the concrete jungle, okay? I grew up deer hunting and all that type of stuff. But uh, so we went and we drove. It was like a three, four hour drive all the way over to uh, I don't even remember where it was past Springfield, Missouri. That doesn't matter. But we started off the day I was cracking up earlier because I was just thinking about it, replaying it in my mind that we're getting ready to go do this event. And we start off the morning at Burger King chowing down on a sausage biscuit. I don't know if I have ever seen anybody in like a marathon or at a track meet where they're passing out sausage biscuits (laughs) to the, to the competitors. That's just not something like I wasn't, let's just say I wasn't prepared. That's a nice way to say it. And I was not prepared, you know? Yes, I had my, my, the right gear and everything on, but I was not ready for what I was about ready to run into. In fact, the very first mile I found myself down on one knee about to die and it was just within the first mile. I remember the very first thing and they get you, they get you in the, um, I can't remember what they call it, but it's right there at the starting gate and they got music blaring, and they've got like fog machines and they've, they just, everybody's getting all hyped up. I like jumping up and down. We're like ready. I'm like ready to attack. I am ready to throw down, you could have thrown a mountain in front of me. And I was ready, at least I thought, to run up this mountain. And then all of a sudden, boom, they shoot the gun off and you're released in your group. And so we run, we run a few blocks and just a little, just for what it's worth, I was not a runner leading up to this. So I I, I, you know, I despise running. In fact, I don't, even today, it's not one of my favorite things. Let's go, hey, you want to go run. That's just not something I would do. Uh, and so I remember running a few blocks and we go around the corner and all of a sudden there's this grandstand. And if you can picture a grandstand, like the Ducoin State Fair or something like that, you know how like, okay, this is like a tight... Ty- The Duquesne State Fairgrounds is a tiny version of this grandstand that I was, that I was at. And so then you had to run the stairs all the way to the top, run over, and then run back down some stairs, run over again, up, down, zigzag, all the way through. Literally almost killed me. And I'm thinking to myself, Brother Hopkins, this is the this is the first obstacle. This is the first thing I gotta go through. And so I I run to the second one, and it's I gotta climb over this wall. And I finally made it over this wall, and there I was on one knee thinking, I just drove four hours. I paid all this money. I endangered my family on the way here and I'm getting ready to pack it up and grab a hot dog and head home. <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I was sick, man. I could not, I could not do it. And, and uh, finally gained my composure, you know, cause that's just who I am. And I'm, you know, I'm a man and I'm going to, I'm going to make it through and uh, gain my composure and uh, made it to the next stand where they had refreshments. Uh, they had some water and uh, some like gel packs, which was a lifesaver to me. It really was because as soon as I got that in my system, then I was ready to go. So I figured out my problem was the sausage biscuit. So I'm not preaching against sausage biscuits, so don't get nervous this morning. But Anyways, I, I, I made it all the way through. The very last obstacle was literally something that I will never forget my entire life. They call it electroshock therapy. If you get a moment, don't Google it now, but Google it later uh, and look up the videos of electroshock therapies. Basically, like I think like a 25-foot, uh, maybe 30-foot thing. They've built this um, kind of canopy type thing and they got these live, hear me, live wires bare wires at the end that are pulsing electricity they're pulsing volts of electricity now brother Graham I got bit by 220 a year ago Was that like a year ago so maybe this tough mutter helped me out with that maybe that's how I lived I don't really know but if you ever doing wiring with uh Eric Graham let him do it <laughs> just let him do it <laughs> so anyways you got to you got to step back in the live wires i mean and you could hear the pop Uh, before you take off running in fact people are running ahead of you and you are literally seeing them like you know those those bug zappers that you can watch the bugs like run straight into it that's what it was like you're hearing the pop and sometimes almost smelling flesh that is burnt off of their head or whatever body part that it had touched so anyways and, it, and on top of that, you're running through mud and water. All right. And it's the very last thing that you got to get through before the finish line. So I was like, all right, whatever. We're going to do this. So I boom, take off running and head straight through it. All I remember is something busting me right here in my ear. And I went face first into the mud. And I said, nope, ain't happening. I army crawled all the way underneath the wires. I was not about to get shocked again. Some people are weird like that. Like the the people that like lick the batteries, that's weird. Let's just, let's, let's boycott those people. Let's just stop that. Let's cancel those types of people that like getting shocked. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. But that's what it was. This, This whole event was basically one obstacle after another. You would you would conquer one obstacle only to run uh, to another one as fast as you can run to another one and do it again twenty some odd obstacles that you had to do and you know. Uh, where I'm headed at this morning. Life is like that sometimes if we're being very honest that it seems that way that we, we just conquer over one thing only to find ourselves up against another thing. And then we, we, we get enough strength and we're like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to make it through only to run a little bit further and find ourselves right back in it. Obstacle after obstacle and the, and the older I get, the more I realize that that's what life is. Life is just, it's one giant obstacle course. There's always, there's always some thing, some object, there's always some situation uh, that that causes us obstruction. That causes us uh, that to have to stop just to, for a little bit and try to gather ourselves. There's always something that's going to try and impede us. No matter where you are at in life, no matter how old or how young, there are obstacles that we face every single day. Amen. Amen. There's always something that is trying to hold you back, to keep you from something. Let me give you a little context that leads us up to where our text is this morning. The two spies have just returned from Jericho having followed Joshua's orders to check out the land and and the city. And they had escaped discovery with Rahab's help. And now they are there giving their report uh, to Joshua. And when you read it, you can almost hear the excitement in their voice as they give the report. And they say uh, in Joshua 224, the Lord has handed over the entire land to us. And everyone who lives in the land is also panicking because of us anybody like getting good news anybody like reading good news and hearing about it and getting the good text and the good good phone call and the good mail we all love the good news this was the good news this was what they were waiting for and so joshua he immediately sent out the runners into the camp of israel and and they were announcing first thing in the morning uh we're gonna we're gonna break camp and and we're going to pitch our tents on the banks of the Jordan River. So at this point, uh, leading up to where we are, they would finally come to the entry point of what they had been looking for and searching for. They were on the brink of the promised land. And the Bible says that Joshua started out early the next morning with all the Israelites and they went as far as the Jordan. And they stayed there before crossing. You look at it on a map. The journey that they had, it was an easy one. It was just a few miles over really smooth ground. So not a difficult walk, not a difficult thing to go through. So you can, I can safely assume that the Israelites probably finished relocating just before the sun was at its highest point. And I'm sure if you and I were there, we would all hear and see the buzz that was coming from the tribe thinking to themselves that this is finally the day this is fine what we have been wanting to see what we have been wanting to get to and, and be a part of is now it's no longer a dream for us but it has now become our reality we will finally come to the place where our forefathers had failed, only this time we're not going to fail, this time we will obey. But as they approached the river that day, what they saw was disturbing. What they saw was dreadful. What they saw was not very encouraging at all, maybe a little bit confusing. That day, the Jordan was completely uncrossable. There's a simple sentence, and we read it in our text this morning, in verse 15, it says, Now the Jordan overflows its banks throughout the harvest season. So it's this time of year where all of a sudden the slow-moving, the, the gentle river that it used to be was now a raging river swelled now to a flood stage and at this point currents can reach up to 40 miles an hour when the Jordan floods that's where we're at this is the scene the Jordan has swelled its banks spreading about a mile across ranging in depth from three foot to 12 foot all covering this thick undergrowth that could easily trip someone up and cast them into an overwhelming current. If you've ever been in caught in a current, it's unlike anything you'll ever experience. No, nobody likes to be in water and feel like you're out of control, right? We went to the ocean one time and, uh, we, we had a tube and I got, I remember getting in that tube and, you know, uh, First time in the ocean, I didn't really realize that when the when the current when the waves come in, they also go out. <laughs> and so here I am from uh, Peenerville, Illinois, and uh, out in the on the big uh, ocean, and all of a sudden I realize. Land is pretty far away right now. Now, thankfully, it doesn't get that deep, right? You could literally go out. Oh, man, it seems like you can walk out all day. And then when all of a sudden it gets to your head, you swim a little bit further and you stand up and you're in two feet of water. But when you're in water and everything's kind of getting out of control, that is not a place that anybody, that is not anybody's wheelhouse. All right. That, 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 but this was the site that they, they come upon. This was the site that greeted the thousands upon thousands of people that day. The Bible tells us that they spent the next three days right there waiting. I'm sure the waiting began to pound a sense of reality into everyone's mind. I'm sure that you could probably hear the doubts found in the conversations of people that day. Well, maybe some of you can get across, but maybe not all of us. Maybe maybe some of you, maybe you, you went to your swim lessons and maybe you are able to get across, but what about my kids? How am I supposed to swim across with kids? How am I supposed to help my grandfather across? How am I supposed to help help him for all being honest and looking at the text objectively I'm sure there was this insistent no that began to rise out of their hearts as they listened to the roar of the water you see it's easy for us to relate to their emotions and their thoughts so many of us face personal Jordans We have a personal Jordan that sometimes we feel is so permanent and powerful that a lot of times, if we're honest, we don't even try to make it across. Some of us have been dealing with personal Jordans for years, obstacles that we just feel like we can't make it past. Our lives feel stalled, stuck on the wrong side of God's promises. We hear about the abundant life and we hear it taught, but we can't seem to make our way out of the wilderness. We hear about the blessings in God and we sing about the promises of God, but we can't seem to make it to the other side. There's something that's always stopping us. There's something that's always holding us back, trying to stop us every time we get going on the right track. I don't know how many people I could tell you that have said to me and said, hey, I'll be at Bible study this week only to find out that something has come up. They have good intent. I'm not saying that they're horrible people. They have good intent. They want to be there. They want to be close to God, but there's always something. There's always something trying to get us off course. Hear me right now. I'm not up here trying to give you just some pipe dream that says, hey, once you become uh, filled with the Holy Ghost and you're baptized in Jesus' name and you become a Jesus follower, then all of a sudden all the other obstacles just disappear in your life. No, 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 no. Uh, But I am preaching you this morning that I do serve a God that can turn a no way into a highway. I do not know what kind of obstacles you walk In here with, but I do know a God who specializes in making us overcomers. You feel overwhelmed this morning, you can leave here an overcomer because that's the God that we serve. Joshua 3 goes on to tell us something that is echoed all throughout Scripture, and that is this what is impossible with men is possible with God. I need you to believe that with me this morning. I need you to have faith in that word that what is impossible with men is still possible with God. Because what we are about ready to find out is that God was about to reveal the steps to them that must be taken in every life and in every church if we are to move from being overwhelmed to overcomers. You look at this chapter, in fact, this book, the experiences and decisions that were recorded here, they were a major breakthrough for Israel. There was a a whole new generation that learned that victory, total victory depended totally upon Him and Him alone. So as you stand on the brink of the future that God has for you and you consider the obstacles that hinder you, a lot of times... Will be. We'll get to the place where I say, you know what, Bryce. As I look at everything, and I size it all up, it does seem like a very impossible task. There are some of you that are dealing with things that 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 are beyond the person sitting next to you's imaginations. There are some of you that have been dealing with something for so many years and for so long that you've decided not to even look at it anymore. It's just that will always be there. Nothing will ever change. I'll never get past that, so I'm not even going to take one step to even try. We get to the place sometimes where from here to there seems impossible. But hear me today, these things that I'm talking about, they are no match for the God that you and I are living for because he's the God of the impossible. I don't know what you walked in here with today, but I want to remind you that my God is still able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we might ask or thank. Would you clap your hands under the The great question that loomed over the camp of Israel and, and over our lives today is that question. Will we walk by faith or by sight? Do we really believe that God can handle this? You know it's easy for us to come in here and sing a song and and have our faith built upon but you know there are people that seem sing, sing the same song as you but when they sit down nothing has changed and they feel I'm still I still have this and we they they contemplate can God deal with this can God handle this See when it came time for the people to move forward to cross Jordan God had a message that they needed to hear. And in the words, in the message, he provided with them with three things, three very important things that they needed to follow. The first thing is they, they were to watch God. He said, behold the ark. You remember the ark, the ark of the covenant in this chapter alone is mentioned 10 times, 10 times. And the ark literally to Israel, it represented God's presence in the, in the, in in the midst of his people. In other words, whenever it moved, they were to move. And whatever it stopped, they were to stop. Whatever God was doing, that's what the people, they were to do the same thing. You know, you and I would do ourselves a great service if when we face our obstacles, and when we face our times of crisis, and when we face our personal Jordans, when we need direction, if we would learn to be sensitive to the moving of the Spirit, what would happen if we sought the face of God rather than our Facebook friends? What would happen if we leaned into God and said, God, I need a word. I need your help in this. God, I need you to speak something here. What would happen if we watched God and we were sensitive to the Holy Ghost? What could happen? What could happen? So they were to watch God. The second thing was they were to follow God. They kind of go hand in hand. When they saw the Ark of the Covenant move, they were to move also. And the Scripture says they were to remove from their place and go after it. They were to follow God. So not only were they to watch God... But they were to move when he moved. They were to pursue God. You see, church, it isn't enough to know what God is doing. There comes a time in every person's life when we must get up out of our place and we pursue God and we go after God. And sometimes that causes us to get a little bit nervous because we're like, oh, I'm good with this. And I, I'm good right here. I'm good in my, my three foot. Now it's a six foot bubble. I, I'm, I'm good in this little bubble that I find myself in. I don't really want to get out of my comfort zone. I can't help but feel the Spirit kind of trying to push us a little bit out of our comfort zones. A lot of us don't really like talking about comfort zones because that's what we—that's what we—that's what we like. That's what we—we're—we're we're, 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 we're so like—that's uh, all we know. That's what we've all, always ever known, and this is how it's always been done, and that's how we're always going to do it. Church, there's a problem with that. We got too many people in a spiritual lazy boy when God's wanting to move and God's wanting to work, but we're not moving with him. Israel was about to follow the ark through a river that was over one mile wide. Somebody tried to explain to me how that would be an easy thing how that would be oh that that, that would that was so simple no, no 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 a river a raging river that was over 1 mile wide they were getting ready to follow 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 that couldn't have been an easy thing right no 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 it wasn't an easy thing but you know what it was it was necessary and it was right I said it was necessary and it was right hear me today following God won't always be the easiest thing that you ever do or the most popular thing you ever do but it will be the best thing that you will ever do if you ever expect to get from here to there my friend you are going to have to watch God and and follow him follow him they were to watch God follow God and the last thing was they were to honor God honor everybody say honor the Israelites are told to kind of stand back from the ark Bible says about 2,000 cubits behind. It was roughly 3,000 feet. This was so that they could easily see what was happening ahead of them. But another reason is that the Lord wanted no one but the Levites near the ark. And you research it, to get too close would have meant death. And this is a danger, hear me right now, this is a danger that I see in a, in a, on a mega church level of Christianity. And don't get me wrong, it doesn't stay there. It can trickle all the way down to your local church. All right? This is a danger because we have to be careful that we are still showing reverence to God. He's a holy God, and we cannot become so familiar with him that we begin to treat him like he's one of our buddies, like he's one of the good old boys, and I pray that God would help us not to get too comfortable uh, in that, because uh, let me tell you, a spirit of familiarity will begin to cheapen your walk with him, and you'll come in here, and there'll be no reverence. There'll be no awe. We'll stop honoring God. Hear me today. This is still holy ground. The place where you stand is still holy ground because he's a holy God. Sometimes if we're not careful, we'll decide how church is supposed to operate and we'll decide how church is supposed to go and we'll decide what we like about church and we'll decide what we don't like about church and we'll decide what we like about worship and we don't like about worship. Let me just get straight to the point. If it honors Jesus Christ, let's clap our hands and let's sing it and let's worship him. If it brings honor because that's all that really matters to me, I want to honor him because he is worthy of it and he deserves it. He's the king of all kings and the Lord of all lords. He's a holy God. People, they were told to sanctify themselves. Sanctification literally, literally it means make yourself holy. It, it, consecrate yourself. Consecrate the Bishop, he wanted them to be clean. He wanted them to be holy. He wanted them to put away anything that was displeasing. Holiness goes beyond dress. Holiness goes all the way to the core. Who you are, how you treat people, he wanted them to be totally clean, to be pleasing to the God, to the Lord. Some people they they think that that's not a big deal anymore, that holiness isn't a big deal, that it's outdated, that that's what it, that was for another time. But this passage serves as a reminder that sanctification it always precedes the miraculous, it always precedes the demonstration of God's power. If you need a demonstration of God's power in your life, if you need him to work in your life I'm here to tell you, consecrate yourself, sanctify yourself, put away anything that is displeasing to him God is holy and he demands a holy people that will be like him or wants to be like him this message to the Israelites Reminded them that getting across the Jordan, it 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 wasn't going to be something that they were going to accomplish. It was going to be what God was going to do. What God was, it rested upon his shoulders. All they were to do was take the one step and trust him. Take a step and trust him. Step out in faith. I know the obstacle, it doesn't look like you're going to make it. It doesn't look like you're going to make it through to the other side, but take a step, take a step. It's in, it's God's plan. it God. it rests on, it rests on his power and his ability. That's why we always pray, God, your will be done because it's, it's your decision. It's whatever you want to do. I think we forget that sometimes we try to tackle things all by ourselves And we get ourselves in situations like we are way over our head on this. We do and we do and we do when we come upon these obstacles. And this is the danger. Because you and I do. And we work. And we strive. And we do everything in our own strength. In our own power. That when we come against another obstacle, the obstacles don't stop. When you come against another Jordan River, at this point you're like, again, I've been fighting. I've been working. I've been doing my best. But you've been doing your best all by yourself. And we forget that it's not our strength, but it's His strength that we need. We come across a situation, we think, my God, how? How? How am I gonna get through that? How am I gonna make it? How am I gonna deal with this? Let me ask you, is it God's fault that we feel that way? Is it God's fault that we're weary? I would answer no, because Jesus lets us know. He said, My yoke is easy and my burden is light. But we get to the place where we just trust ourselves. And that's it. That's it. But the song says how sweet it is to trust in Jesus and to take him at his word. May I remind you that the God of the Old Testament is still the God of today. The God of the Bible He's not just the God of the Bible, but he's the God of right now. And my friend, he can still be trusted. Living for God is easy when you're yoked with him. Often we're unable to get past obstacles in our lives because we live a life, I believe, that exhibits a deep lack of faith. Faith in his word, faith in his promise. How do I know? Because you look at the statistics of the anxiety of the, uh, uh, of the, the worriness in our world and people are so fearful and our lives sometimes are marked by that. We worry and we live in fear. We worry about tomorrow and what it might hold. We worry about all these various things in life. We worry about life in general. And we forget that Jesus is all powerful and he's all knowing and he's all present and he knows exactly what we're going through. He knows everything there is to know about it. My friend, he knows more about it than you do. He is greater than any problem. He is greater than any situation we'll ever face in this life. And his desire is that we simply learn to take him at his word and to take the one step and trust him. Just to trust him. Being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. Are you convinced of our music come the children of Israel were facing a big problem the river was over one mile wide and there were two million people who had to cross yet the Lord wanted them to go over you read it They didn't have the materials to build a bridge. They didn't have a boat that they could cross. They were just sitting there looking at their problem, sizing it up. How? How are we going to make it? How are we going to do it? There was only one way, and that was through it. You ever done that before? You ever sized up your problem and thought about how big it was? Maybe you looked at it and concluded, there's no way. There's no way around, through it, over it. There's no way I'm getting past this. I suppose we've all been like the 10 spies that return with the report, nope, there's no way. There's no way we're getting that. Our problem was the same one we always have when we face a difficult situation. Do you hear me. Sometimes we leave God out of the equation. You see, where we see only problems, God sees a solution because He is the solution, He is the way. I love solution minded people. A lot of times the problem is we surround ourselves with too many people that tell you exactly how it can't be done oh you shouldn't start that and you shouldn't do that and that's not even possible it could never be done no way forget about it for the love of everything would you get some solution-minded people in your life that where we look at a situation it looks like there's no way and then we think hey we serve a God who is able we serve a God it may look impossible with us but with him it's possible God knows how to make a way out of no way and a lot of times it's not him removing the obstacle it's him taking us by the hand and walking us right through it. We each have a Jordan River that must be crossed and usually more than one. That's, it seems like that's the life of a Christian. Just a bunch of water crossings. The Jordan River, it's, it's not just a geographical feature, but it's our inner landscape crossing it and entering into the promised land hear me it won't change the circumstance but it changes you and my friend that changes everything like israel we stand on the edge of the jordan and the only way into the promised land is through the waters And we stand there sometimes, and we wonder, and we contemplate, and we try to size it up, and we ask, how deep is it? How wet is it? Is it slippery at the bottom? Is the water cold? How strong is the current? And I would say those are all good questions. And in some ways, those are the questions of life. But they are not, however, questions that get answered. Until we take that one step into the water. Until you take the one step and God says, hey, I can work with that. I can use that. I can use your faith. You put confidence in me. I can use that. Standing on the bank waiting for answers, waiting for a better time and a place awaiting waiting for the flood to subside offers God nothing with which to work. Hear me today. God will not act. The river will rage and will remain stuck until we make that one step. We make that one step and God says, I can use that one step. One step is all it takes. As Israel's feet the Bible says were dipped in the edge of the water God acts and the raging river subsided and the, they stood still and there was dry land until everyone had passed over all of us have that one step that first step that needs to be taken I'm just asking today and I'm pushing on you a little bit would you take it would you take it you stand with me this morning sometimes God re- does remove the obstacle but most of the time he grabs a hold of our hand and walks us right through some of you are facing troubled waters today I want to let you know that you can cross over. You can cross over. God's waiting on you to take the one step. I asked the 9 a.m. church, and I'll ask you today, what have you convinced yourself that you can't do, but really you won't do it? You convince yourself that's impossible, that you're not even willing to take the one step and do it. Paul talked about the Macedonian church. He says this: that they gave according to their means and beyond their means. they gave according to what they could do and then they gave according to what they couldn't what they gave what they could starting at the beginning and then resulted in them giving what they couldn't Paul said hey they couldn't do it and they did and when they did they could See, I'm talking about walking by faith this morning because that's what faith helps us to do faith flips the script and a lot of us say you know if i if i would if i could but faith says you could if you would God wants to do something in your life that is beyond your comprehension, that is beyond your ability to even fathom. But hear me today, it has to start somewhere. One step. One step. What one step can you make today and say, God, here I am and I trust you and I put it in your hands. Would you bow your head, close your eyes in this place as they begin to play and sing? Would you just begin talk to the Lord spiritually would you begin just to take the one step maybe it's a step that you've been thinking about taking for... thank you for listening to the Landmark Apostolic Church podcast you can follow this podcast for more great episodes from the Landmark family thank you once again for listening to the Landmark Apostolic Church's podcast God bless